I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic's B-Sides, a show where we share material that doesn't quite fit in with our interview series, such as outtakes, bonus segments, and useful tips from your two favorite co-hosts, as well as the occasional surprise drop-in from some of our favorite previous guests. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith from Scotland, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Electric Kiwi. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist, Marcelo Novelli. <laughs> Oh, my own fucking name. Oh, my God. Marcio Novelli from Canada, a man who wears many hats, literally and figuratively. When I'm not releasing music under my own name, I'm producing and mixing records for other artists. Speaking of which, if you'd like me to work on your next song or album, get in touch. You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as my name, Marcio Novelli. We are on Patreon and we've got lots of exciting stuff to share with you on there. Uh, you can support us from as little as a dollar per episode and in exchange you get some patron-only exclusives. We've just upgraded some things over there so head on over and check it out. Perks include early access to content sponsored ads at the start and end of the show as well as your chance to co-host an episode alongside Ross and I. Most importantly, you are making this show happen when you support us on Patreon. Um, we want to keep bringing you these weekly interviews with what we think are interesting people in the entertainment industry. Um, and our main goal is just to spread knowledge about um, everything to do with music and um, entertainment, I guess. Just how to how to make a career in it, how to sustain a career in it, and just interesting things for everybody. Even if you're not an, an artist in any form, I think that you can get a lot out of these. Um, we do this. We've been doing this for about um, over three years now. Uh, we love doing it, despite all the craziness, but there is a lot. Um, it takes up a unbelievable amount of time and i won't get into all the craziness of it but the point is if and when you support us on patreon you directly help us uh, continue to um help each other out and it's something that ross and i are very passionate about so um you know but having said that if there is no way you can support us on patreon that's perfectly fine it's we still love you um we just ask that you share maybe um whenever we post an interview you know, w- whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, if you can just share that with the people around you, um, we would really, re- we'd appreciate that. It would help us a lot. Yeah. And speaking of helping each other out, we want to help you guys out. We've got official BTA shirts available to purchase on our website and they are going to make you look awesome. Wow. Um, all the proceeds go into helping us keeping the lights on here at Bridge Atlantic. So while we're helping you, you're also helping us. There's look a link at that segue. Show notes. See, I know. The way you just did that. It's that kind of, we are like, we sound like half infomercial and like half just like, I don't know what the other half is. It was just the snap know, of the fingers. You did, little, you did a little sassy dance there. Sassy. That, was, uh, yeah. that was appreciated. That, thank you. Um, make sure to use the coupon code BTA Rocks to receive 10% off your purchase. It's our little way of saying thank you. Gracias. You rock. And finally, I'm recording my second solo album, and it's now available to pre order, which I'm, of course, ridiculously excited about. Uh, when you pre order, you get a access to tons of exclusives and behind the scenes content. Um, you can check all that out at marcinovelli.com slash pre order.
we keep it simple here on Bridging Atlantic. We keep it simple. Um, the extra bonus is that everyone who pre-orders the new album, uh, you actually receive a free download of my acoustic EP, the Reimagining Volume 1 that I released earlier this year. As a sign of my gratitude for your support, I love you all. I really do. And that's my little way of saying... Gracias. You see what I did? I tied it in with what we said before, Ross. You see what I did there? Yeah. But in all seriousness, make sure to check out my music on Spotify and uh, hit me up on Patreon. Say hi. And uh, that's just about it there. It's just about it. Although Are we done? There is one Are more we thing. Done here? There is one more thing before we're done I want to mm-hmm. let everyone know about. Um, maybe you can let them know about it. But we have been doing a weekly Facebook Live. Um, that's That's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, to continue on from Marcio's introduction there, uh, yeah, we've been doing a weekly Facebook Live where we answer questions, uh, talk about kind of issues that are going on or, uh, you know, our most recent episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a chance, basically, for instead of just us talking to you, Mm -hmm. we're talking with you. So, you know, we like to get people's feedback and comments and questions through Facebook and we'll do our best to answer them, um, you know, right there and then. And it's really fun too. Like, I think yeah. we're having a lot of fun doing it. Um, it. It's giving us a chance to actually, you know, chat with people directly um, that support the show. And uh, it actually, I don't know, it puts a smile on our faces. And uh, it allows it to be, like Ross said, less of us just talking to you. And, uh, you know, it's more of a community of people coming together and just uh, talking, which which really what is, is what this is about. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, so, so join us if you want to yeah get involved it's at 12 p.m eastern 5 p.m uk time every tuesday um so yeah jump on even if it's only for a few minutes mm-hmm. just come and say hey let us know what you think of the most recent episode or if you've got a question let us know uh we're here for you we are <laughs> this week we are going to be talking about crowdfunding uh you know things like when it's appropriate to run a crowdfunding campaign what you should offer as rewards for contributors and how to ask your audience for support yeah i think that for many artists the thought of crowdfunding can be overwhelming and uh, it can be tough to know where to start, but uh, that's why we're here. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So, I mean, I guess, first of all, like, there's definitely a few challenges mm-hmm. involved in crowdfunding. One being, you know, how much to actually ask for, mm. uh, you know, how much you need to raise for whichever project you're funding. And the other being, you know, how to ask for it and generate support from your audience. And I think for the purpose of this episode, we'll maybe, we'll, we'll be talking about crowdfunding an album as the working example, yeah. just to kind of keep things simple. Let's just talk about how much to raise. Because I know as an artist that's done two crowdfunding campaigns in the past for my last two albums, <laughs> Ross will tell you this is the, this is the one thing that I like struggle about the most. is just like how much to ask for. There's no, you know, obviously you work out your budget and everything, but with certain platforms, if you don't reach your goal, you don't get any of it. So you kind of have to gauge between, okay, how much do I need, but how much do I think I can, I can, I can uh, actually raise, you know? So, you know, this is where you have to kind of put your business hat on. You know, I do wear many hats, Russ. We all know about this. So this is where you put your, your business hat on. You know, if, if you've already recorded an album, you can probably use that as a guideline for how much you would need to record it. Um, and, uh, but, you know, keep in mind, there's more to record an album. You also have to market it. You have to, if you're making any physical copies on CD or vinyl, you have to look into that. Uh, if you're gonna, if you're promising any shirts as rewards, you know, there's a lot of different things to look into. Yeah. So I mean, if you haven't recorded an album before or run a crowdfunding funding campaign before, maybe reach out to other musicians that you know that have done, mm-hmm. or call around studios and merch companies and all those different people to get the, you know, to try and get as many accurate costs in advance as possible. Because I guess one of the worst things would be to crowdfund for an amount that's not enough, yeah. and then realize, you know, these people have, uh, you know, they've 
you know, you've hit 100% of the goal that you set, but it's actually not enough because then, you know, you have to either refund those people or do another crowdfunding campaign. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely important before you do anything, plan ahead and know how much you need to make that project happen um, so that you know what those initial targets are going to be and you can set them appropriately. Yeah, um, our friend Ariel Hyatt uh, joined us to talk about crowdfunding a while ago. This is like definitely over a year ago, I believe. Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, time flies. Um, she made a really good point about uh, thinking about how much you can raise from people you already know, you know, rather than I think that's mostly who's going to support you. you yeah, because I, I think we've spoken about crowdfunding with a few different people and, and a point mm-hmm. that a few of them have made is that crowdfunding itself doesn't give you an audience. Yeah. It's, it's very much dependent on the audience that you already have. And I think uh, this was echoed by Amanda Palmer when we spoke with her recently as well, it's, it's all about being realistic with the audience that you already have and thinking about how much you can expect them to contribute, whether that's 50 people, 100 people, 500 people. Everyone's different. So you have to be thinking realistically in what is achievable with the people that you already know. Yeah, and don't underestimate how much 50 people can help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, depending on how generous they are, how much they can help, you know, you can you can raise quite a bit to to work on a moderate, you know, a modest budget with a, you know, moderate-sized uh, producer i mean like physically moderately sized producer but i mean you know you know what i'm saying um but you know once you've worked out how much you're looking to raise you should think about which platform you'd like to use because there are a lot out there um that we won't mention right here but you know you can you can look all them up yeah there's definitely a lot of them i mean like we touched on earlier some offer an all or nothing kind of campaign where you know you have to raise all the money or you don't get anything others will let you keep whatever you raise regardless of whether you hit your target or not so that's probably something to think about as well whether you know which of those is going to be most suitable for you some will take a percentage of the raise amount as well so that's probably something also to think about and factor into your budget yeah that's a good point ross i we don't i think they all actually take a percentage some take more than others sometimes it's worth it when they yeah. take a little more because they're a lot they're a lot more interactive with you the actual platform um but uh you know i i've used two in the past and one was kind of an all for nothing thing what i mean if if you don't reach your goal you just don't get as much of your goal they take a higher percentage right. mm-hmm. another one i've done was uh it's not an all for nothing it really just depends on on what you like for for me the reason i didn't do an all for nothing the latest time it's not cuz i didn't think we could reach our target in fact we had a two month campaign we hit our target in 3 days which blew my mind 100% 3 days um it was more so I just didn't need the added stress of worrying about not reaching my target because I did it as I was entering the studio, which was stressful enough. I just, I talked to Ross about it. And he's just like, dude, you know, you'll be fine, but you know what? Just don't add the extra stress to your plate. So it's up to you. You know, if you think for sure that you will reach your target, but, um, you know, because I will say having the all for nothing thing, if you do have an audience, it does encourage people to, to you know, not they, they want to see this album happen. So if, if someone's already play you know if someone's already given you some uh helped you raise some funds you know and they see that you're at like 99 percent it's like an hour or two they might actually you know buy something again just to help you reach that 100 yeah, i've done that yeah exactly that however if it's not an all for nothing thing someone's not going to do that you know but you really have to gauge what your audience is like i think and uh, follow a little bit of instinct on this but also like russ said put your business hat on or actually i said that put your business <laughs> hat on and just think about what's going to work best for you um it's kind of, it's a real balancing act you know between you know how much you're willing to risk and also you know what you what sort of following you think that you have realistically you know yeah 
definitely. I've used a few different platforms. The first one I used, which what was the first one I used? Indiegogo. Um, mm-hmm. The Indiegogo, like that was the one where um, you, you, it's not an all for nothing. I think you actually have the choice. You can put all for nothing uh, or you can basically, if, if you reach your goal, you get a higher percentage. If you don't reach your goal, you get a little less um, of, of what you want. Where I've used Pledge, which tends to be my favorite as of right now. That's uh, one I've used. Um, they take a bit of a higher percentage, which sucks, but at the same time, they are very helpful. They they answer emails right away, and they're, they're really good. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've used that, and I can say that I was really happy with their support offered throughout the campaign. Yeah, that's good. I mean, I think ultimately the choice is up to you as an artist which one you want to use yeah so do your research speak to other people who've run crowdfunding campaigns see what they recommend see what you think is going to work best for you mm. and you know and go with that obviously the big the big one everyone knows is kickstarter that was one of the first yeah. ones i believe i think that's isn't that what amanda palmer used that's what she yep she was the first to reach used, a million yeah. dollars on there right um yeah that was kickstarter um i just didn't find for me what i was doing i didn't find kickstarter i think kickstarter is all for all or nothing 100 um, percent. So. and that's why that didn't appeal to me for when, when i first did a campaign it just scared me too much especially because i didn't know how much to ask and everything one thing i will say about pledge music which i really find attractive is they don't put a, a value they don't they put a percentage of your goal rather than um, uh, actual monetary amount. And that's what really attracted me to that because like I said, I did Indiegogo the first time and it showed the amount and it just felt uncomfortable because it made like in a way it's very transparent, but another way I, I feel like, I feel like uh, fans don't need to know money side of things. Mm-hmm. It just makes it, I don't know, makes it feel too, at least to me, it makes it feel too businessy. You know what I mean? So I feel like the percentage is great. We've got a percentage. Who knows if it's a hundred bucks or a million bucks? You know what I mean? Nobody knows the difference. Um, but that's just that's just my, you know, personal preference um, for my own personal reasons. But anyways, once you decide on the platform and how much you want to raise, which, like we said, is some the most difficult thing to do, uh, you want to start thinking about the incentives you can offer to people who support your campaign. Um, some places call call it rewards. Some place, places call it. Um, I don't know awards. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. There's I different can't names on yeah. different ones. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where things get really interesting because yeah. you can become really creative and um, and yeah, you can start offering things that they're not going to be able to get anywhere else. Yeah, this is, I think, uh, you really have to think about your audience here. So it really depends on who follows what you do. Um, if you're mostly getting friends and family to help you, I don't think they really care about like a meet and greet. You know, what I, mean? <laughs> I don't yeah. care that they get to go in the studio and record with you. You know, but if you if you have uh, people who aren't friends or family that are into your music, um, I think that's just a whole different thing. But ha- having said that, have things for everyone. You know what I mean? Well, you can't please everyone. However, have a few different options is what I'm trying to say. Um, for example, like I did for for my most recent. Um, crowdfunding campaign which i had mentioned has that's another thing i should say about pledge music it's a very unique thing Uh, most most platforms once you've crowdfunded that's it no one can contribute anymore with pledge which is another reason i did this is after you've crowdfunded it then turns into a pre-order so i did a crowdfunding campaign on pledge but now like i mentioned in the intro here you can actually go pre-order the album now on the same platform everything's there and you know such some things that are there you know there's like you can get the cd you can get a shirt i'm just using mine as an example here um some things i did those are the simple things you know you do some bundles signed cd and, and exclusive shirt posters but what i also did was i did um where you can have a video lesson with me through skype you know or facetime wherever you want to do it um i had handwritten lyric sheets um cover songs and then like a bit more of the higher end stuff would be um like a, a signed guitar my first guitar i've ever done uh, acoustic house concert 
And uh, you can even go as far as like inviting your your following to come into the studio with you to record like hand claps or, or gang vocals. There's so many cool things you can do. I don't know, Ross, if you've seen any artists that you support do any uh, other more interesting things than me. But <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen so many different things. It's, it's hard to think of you know lots of specific examples. Yeah. But I know some people have done like exclusive T-shirt designs. They're mm-hmm. like limited run. You'll only get them if you're you know if you're if you support oh, the campaign. Oh, I, I know someone else that has done where you actually go record shopping with them. I think that was actually Bryce Avery of the Rocket Summer. I think he uh, he did where, meet me, you know, when I'm in town, we'll go record shopping together. Some people have done like sit down for, you know, coffee or lunch or something. Um, I, I'm not judging anyone for doing that because, I mean, we all, you know, the idea of if someone wants to pay for that, that's awesome. You know what I mean? Um, so it just really has to be if that feels right for you. Go for it. Because at the end of the day, you're not just saying, hey, give me money for, for nothing. You're, you're making yeah. an album. So even if the person is giving you money to have technically have lunch with you, whatever, it, no, they, want, they, they know that they're directly supporting your, your art. So it's all cool. Yeah, exactly. I think one good way to determine what items to offer can be asking your audience, uh, you know, what kind of stuff that they would actually like. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do that by like running a poll on Facebook or Twitter, or even just simply asking people to say, "Hey, comment. What would you? What would you? What would encourage you to support the new album? What can I make for you that you won't get anywhere else?" So, other than having actual rewards, you know, things that people actually get, I think there's also experiences that that are part of this. So, for example, with my with my campaign that uh, you can pre-order and you still gain access to all this, um, you know, just by just by um, being a part of it. You know, and, and contributing even the smallest amount, you gain access to all the behind the scenes stuff. So all the updates that are exclusive to just my campaign. I think that's the most um, enticing for people, actually, because there's a whole bunch of videos that, you know, show me actually recording and just stuff that nobody else can see. And I know that for my favorite yeah. artists, that's what I want. You know, I want I want to see all that stuff right away because I don't know if they'll ever share it in the future. Even if they do, I mean, that could be a year from now. You know, so um, despite despite actually including items or other than including items also make sure to do tons of updates and those kind of things that people can only get by supporting you in your new in your new release sure um yeah i guess like the next task again another challenging part is how to communicate your need for support to your audience Mm -hmm. um who for the most part probably don't realize the kind of costs that go into making music and releasing music. Yeah, I think um, it's the part that uh, artists tend to struggle with the most. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's really about making your audience feel involved and that you're getting something in return rather mm-hmm. than just you asking for money and not giving them something in return, mm-hmm. and which kind of goes back to the, the incentives that we're talking about. You want to make it a very experiential kind of thing, very exclusive, um, so they feel like... They're appreciated, that their support is appreciated. Yeah, like, keep this in mind, you know, when you just ask people for something, people don't want to, I don't know, I I feel like that you just feel needy. You know, you don't want Mm -hmm. to come off feeling needy, and also, it has to be, you have to be offering something. So, again, I'll just keep using myself as an example, just, it's the easiest. You know, I think when I started realizing that my crowdfunding slash pre-order campaign um, for the new album wasn't just about me. It was about what, you know, once you switch your, your thoughts to how can I offer something to people that they can't get anywhere? Cause at first, you know, it's like, okay, I need this money to make this album. You know, I need this, you know, me, 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 you know, yeah. me, 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 me. I've done this before in an episode. Mm-hmm. Me, 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 me. Um, <laughs> and, uh, if anyone can tell us which episode that I was, think it was, we a, might give you a prize. I think it might've been another B sides, <laughs> but you know, once I flipped that, flipped on that and thought, okay, well, Maybe 
if I make it about them? What can I offer them that they want, you know, so badly that they'll actually contribute and help me out? You know, so put them first, you know, that that's what I'm, that's, that's where my mindset is now. And uh, I think that's where Ross and I are going on Bridge Atlantic here. It's like, what can we offer people that they want to support us back with? You know, that's where it needs to start, I think. Yeah, definitely. It has to be a two-way relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not all about asking. You have to give back. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the rewards you offer are part of that, but it's also about how you ask as well. Yeah, um, Amanda Palmer made a really good point in our recent interview uh, with her that uh, the best way to ask someone uh, is to make them feel comfortable saying no. Like really make them feel comfortable saying no because you can go a really aggressive route where you like tell them you really need the money or you can kind of passive aggressively ask them you know and either way like if the person doesn't feel like they can say no without you getting mad at them then they're i don't know that it's just not a good feeling to put on someone and they're probably not going to support you or they're going to you know kind of uh not feel good doing it you know what i mean so if you haven't checked out the interview i definitely suggest you do so because might i even say that she's like the queen of crowdfunding (laughs) yeah (laughs) considering she's she's also on patreon and she's rocking it she's totally rocking it she is. Uh, she was the first artist to raise a million dollars on Kickstarter, so she definitely knows how to do a successful campaign. And she has written a best-selling book called The Art of Asking as well. Yeah, although she's mastered The Art of Asking um, and has built a really personal connection with her audience, it wasn't always that way, of course. Um, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in our, in our recent interview, we, we did ask her to share some mistakes that she's made in the process of building relationships with her audience. Um, it didn't quite fit in with the interview, so we decided that we would... Uh, we would cut it up, save it, and now we feel is a good time to share this with you. Yeah, and truth be told, there was not a single bad part of our interview with Amanda Palmer. It was no. all gold, but we like to keep our interviews short and concise. So, um, yeah, here's what she had to say about that. So in terms of like building relationships with your audience, is there anything that you feel that you've done particularly well or something that you look back at and think, oh, I, I didn't do this very well, but now I know I could do it a different Just way. from watching you from the outside, it seems like even just with us, you're very approachable. It seems to come naturally to you. Yeah, it really does. And you seem to not think highly of yourself. You seem to just, you know, so is there anything in particular that you could, you've maybe seen other artists do so badly in that regard? Yeah, well, so that's a really good question. And and, uh, and it does make me think of one thing, which is, um, you know, being able to like, talk directly to people i.e. your your fans your audience an interviewer uh directly and without i guess without pretension Mm -hmm. i had to learn how to do that mostly because when i started in the music business i came in with this assumption that I had to act a certain way. Sort of like had to act like a rock star. I had to act like an eccentric musician. I had to act like I cared or didn't care or whatever. Like I thought I had to act. And then bit by bit, I kind of, you know, kept turning over this experience and looking at it and looking at it and going like, oh, things seem to go a lot better if I actually... um strip all of that away and and try to present the most honest thing possible. 
And sometimes that takes more work. Mm-hmm. And and I I even like in the early days of the Dresden Dolls, I was doing everything, like managing the band, booking the band, doing the band's PR, you know, and Brian and I were like, we didn't have anyone. It was just us in my kitchen, like burning CDs and like putting shows together and trying to figure it out. Um, but even so, and when, and we were really, really into like collecting our fans' emails and mailing them, like in the first few times I emailed them, I thought that it would be better if I put everything in the third person (laughs) as if some (laughs) important, mysterious outsider was writing like the Dresden dolls will be appearing this Friday. Like, and like at a certain point I was like, why am I doing that? Like, do I actually think that our fans are going to be more impressed by the idea of some mysterious worker person working on behalf of the Dresden dolls than me just saying like, Hey, it's me in my fucking underwear. It's three in the morning. I am, (laughs) I am typing this to tell you that the location of our show has been changed and it totally sucks for all of us. But if you were going to come to the paradise, the show has been moved to the middle East and da da da. And like, I love you guys. And I can't wait to see you on Friday. And I was like, seems so simple. Seems so simple. (laughs) But actually, I really was convinced that smoke and mirror was was somehow possibly advantageous. At a certain point, I was like, "Fuck that! Why? Who? Who am I serving by being anything less than real? Especially when I can be real. Especially when we have this magical thing called the internet." Where I can sit here and say, hi, it's me. No, really, it's just me talking to you because I have this machine. (laughs) Hooray! And that was really, it's not like some, like, mind bomb went off and I realized that one day. But, like, a lot of micro decisions constantly led me down the path of going, like, just keep it real. Just don't lie to anybody. Don't misrepresent yourself. Don't. Don't embiggen yourself, you know, don't do a cosmic Photoshop of who you are. Hmm. People like you and your music because they actually like you and your music. Don't have to trick them. Hmm. And if you don't trick them, you'll disarm them even more because people are so used to being tricked by the entertainment industry, by this general smoke and mirrors of rock stars and entertainers and stuff so it's like yeah i'm just not gonna do that let's see what happens yeah. that'll be interesting and, uh, i think it's worked for you <laughs> so, um, yeah well thank you for that because that's well. exactly what i needed to hear right now that's that's it's exactly where i'm at right now and i i just needed that extra little push and reminder so thank you for that i think that's something that we can all learn from um definitely keep things personal keep things real um, especially, you know, if you're wanting to build a relationship with your audience and that's really the way things are going. I think, you know, you have to have a relationship with the people that, that, you know, that you want to reach because that's just kind of how it is now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the final thing we should say about crowdfunding is, um, make sure you fulfill <laughs> your crowdfund. So, you know, um, the, the best way to completely lose your entire audience is to do a crowdfund and then disappear for, you know, 
that's it and and don't give them the album that that they deserve um yeah. you know uh it's you it may take a while like for me it's taken quite a while to finish the album in a year and a half actually it's a very long time after a crowdfund campaign but i i think my audience understands i've communicated that with them you know i've been very open about that you know but don't just disappear you know what i mean you have to let people know what's going on as long as they know you didn't just take their money and run and um because that wouldn't that that's a good way to kill your career. <laughs> yeah, it is. So communication is key. I mean, if, yeah. if you know, make sure you keep your promises. If you can't keep them to the time scale that you said that you would, yeah. just let people know yeah, what's going on. It. Keep them involved because uh, you know transparency is definitely important. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's, that's a good place for us to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you know, we've um, maybe cleared some things up around crowdfunding, or at least mm-hmm. kind of set you on the right path to start thinking about you know how you're going to run your campaign. Um, I would say that you should definitely check out our episodes with Ariel Hyatt and Amanda Palmer because mm-hmm. uh, there's so much information about crowdfunding in both of those episodes and I think that they will help you quite a bit on your crowdfunding journey. Absolutely. And uh, where can people find us, Russ, on the internet? People can find us, Marcio, <laughs> on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and YouTube. Um, visit our website and pick up one of our shirts while you're there too. Yeah, and like I've said a million times in the last few last year of interviews i guess um i recently released a new acoustic p called the reimagining volume one it's available everywhere and uh my new solo album of course is available to pre-order just go to marcionavelli.com slash pre-order um pre-order not pre-order <laughs> not pure order <laughs> pure order uh pre-order and like i said even if you just check out my crowdfunding campaign as an example of how you should run yours because like i said i had two months i had planned to reach my goal and we somehow reached it in three days so i think that's a good example of uh a lot of planning and I have to thank Ross for that he helped me plan a lot of that and uh, just being genuine and authentic and very open with people and um, and yeah so you know check that out marcianavelli.com slash pre-order follow me on Twitter Facebook and Instagram as well as Spotify and Patreon which are all my name Marcio Novelli and I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment you can check out my work at electrickiwi.co.uk and you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook Electric Kiwi Design and this is where we we sound all um, sports anchorish when I'm like this episode was brought to you by 30 Roses virtual assistant and consultant musicians and other creatives as well as Chris Keaton and Social Surge wow all links are in the show notes so please check them out because what do they do Ross they help to keep the show Ooh, you're holding it long enough. I like that. Uh, I was trying something I new. I like it. And if you would like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, we've recently updated the rewards, which now include sponsorship at the start of our show, as well as an opportunity for you to co-host an episode. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and iTunes so you don't miss any episodes and leave us a comment and let us know what you think of the show. All right, guys, that's it for B-Sides. We'll be back next week with a brand new interview. And the last Tuesday of every month, we will have a new B-Sides episode. So don't miss it. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you then. Bye. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.